Today we're going to be talking about the beautiful gate. Can you look at your neighbor and say, the beautiful gate? Now look at your other neighbor and say, that beautiful gate. Oh, that beautiful gate. That's what we're going to talk about today. That, that beautiful, beautiful gate. Why don't you turn with me in your Bibles to Acts chapter 3, starting in verse 1, reading through verse 10. Jesus had been resurrected. He had gone into heaven. He had spoken to his disciples for 40 days about the kingdom of heaven, which is a long time. He goes, he goes, he goes back in, up into heaven. He ascends into heaven. He says, wait for the Holy Spirit. And so all the disciples were together in one room, and they, saw the, they, they heard the sound like a blowing of a violent wind. And the, the Holy Spirit came down and rested on them like with tongues of fire. And, and, and there was this amazing experience in Acts chapter 2 where 3,000 people were added to the church, which is pretty awesome, pretty amazing. And, uh, but the book of Acts is specifically about the acts of the apostles who um, had been filled with the Holy Spirit and who had gone out and now were the, spokespeople, were the spokesmen for Jesus and the good news and the gospel and the message of the kingdom. And so here we find them in Acts chapter 3, after the Spirit had fallen and moved and done his thing, after God had moved in their lives powerfully, we find in Acts chapter 3, verse 1. Look to your neighbor and say, oh, that beautiful gate. Now look to your other neighbor and say, oh, that beautiful gate. Okay, get some treble, tre- is it treble? Oh, that beautiful gate. Okay, okay, all right. Acts chapter 3, <laughs> verse 1, it says, Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. That's important, remember that, at the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms from those entering the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. And fixing his eyes on them with with John and Peter, and fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, Look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. And then Peter said, Silver and gold I do not have, but what I have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and his ankle bones received strength. So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. That's, that's, that's cool, isn't it? So not only was he healed, so they're walking into the temple. As they're walking into the temple, there's a guy there who's, who's, who's crippled. And so they, like the Lord heals him, and he gets up, and he goes with them into the temple. And, and as he goes into the temple, everyone sees him, and they're all worshiping and praising. I think that's pretty cool. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. And then they knew that it was he who sat begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. God, again, I just pray that you speak to us this morning in a fresh and a new way. God, pray that you just do your work. Pray that you move, Father. Pray that you continue to manifest your presence among us this morning, Father. 
God, we just pray for your Holy Spirit. God, we know that you're here. Just minister to us this morning, Father. A story that happened some man, 2,000 years ago where you used ordinary people and you did extraordinary things through the power of your Spirit people who are just willing to be obedient. God, we give you the glory. Give you the praise. So here's this interesting story about Peter and John, two disciples of Jesus that were going to the temple. So let me just kind of set the stage for you. They're going to the temple. They're going to church. Isn't that exciting? They're going to church. Do you guys like going to church? Yeah, yeah, they're going to church. That's exciting. They're going to temple. They're going to the church. Now, back in biblical times, typically the average Jewish person would go to church three times a day, okay? So we we go once on Sunday morning, praise the Lord. They'd go three times a day. They'd go at the third hour, they'd go at the sixth hour, and they'd go at the ninth hour. You might be like, well, I don't understand third hour. Like, well, like what are you talking about? Third hour. third hour, they went at nine o'clock in the morning. Sixth hour, they'd go at noon. And the ninth hour, they would go, it was, it, was about, it was about 3 p.m. And when they went at the ninth hour, they would offer the evening sacrifices. They would take an innocent lamb, and they would slay it, and they would... Um, they do the evening sacrifices at three in the afternoon. So in, in honor of that, we're going to have church today at, at nine. We're going to have church today at noon, and we're going to have church. No, I'm just kidding. So, so, so they, three times, a, 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 they went at, 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 at nine o'clock, at noon, and at three. And at three, at the ninth hour, they'd offer the, they'd offer the evening sacrifice, which, which is also interesting because when you look at the Gospel of John, you know who gave up, up his last breath on the ninth hour? Our Lord Jesus Christ. So at the time of the sacrifice, guess what? The time of the evening sacrifice, the ultimate sacrifice was being sacrificed for our sins. Isn't that cool? So the third hour, the sixth hour, and the ninth hour. So they're coming in, and, and I'm just setting the stage for you, and then I'm going I'm to preach at you, okay? So I'm setting the stage, set, setting the foundation for you, okay? So they go in at three o'clock, uh, they go at the third hour, they go in at the sixth hour, they go in at the ninth hour. The ninth hour was the evening sacrifices. And on their way into the temple, the ninth hour, and you can imagine, they do this many, many times. They go in, they go in, go in, they go in. Many, many times they go into the temple. And on this time in, as they entered, they, they, they would go through the temple gate, Gates are interesting because gates signify security. Um, they signify control. Um, they, signi- they signify passage from one place to another. So when you go through a gate, typically you're going from, from one location to another, from a, from a place of maybe insecurity to a place of security, to a place of hopelessness, maybe to a place of hope. You know, there, there's a lot of gates in our lives that we go through every day, but, but here they, they're going through this gate. And in, in ancient biblical times, the gate was the place um, where justice was served, where court was held at the gates. The gates were the place 
that controlled the city. It was at the gates. Like gates were very significant. Gates were the spot where the spots where the rulers met and, and where counsel was given. In fact, we see even in prophecy that it says that when the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords returns, that he's going to come through the gate, through the eastern gate in Jerusalem. So the, there's a lot of significance to gates in Scripture. In fact, you can see in ancient Jerusalem, they had eight different gates that surrounded the city. There was Herod's gate. There was the, there was the Damascus gate. There was the New Gate. There was the Jaffa gate. There was the Zion gate. There was the Dung gate. Can you believe that? There was the Eastern gate. There was the Lion gate. But here they come, and they're coming in through the, the gate called Beautiful, and this gate led into the temple. And it's interesting because when you read about this, this gate called Beautiful, it's not only mentioned in Scripture, but also there's an ancient uh, Jewish uh, writer who wrote about it named Josephus. And this is what Josephus said about the gate. He said it was made of fine brass and bronze. He said that it stood 70 feet tall. It had huge double doors. He said that it was so beautiful that it, 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 it was vastly more beautiful than the gates that were covered with silver and gold. A beautiful gate. This beautiful gate. This amazing gate that led into the temple. The eastern gate that led into the temple. You know, even today, it's, it's kind of interesting. Even today, if you go to Jerusalem, you can see the eastern gate. And about 500 years ago, uh, there was um, this, um, this, 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 this Muslim ruler who came in and who fortified the gate shut. And you can actually you can go look this up. About 500 years ago, so he came and he fortified the gate. He, he, he covered it up. And then on top of that, after they covered it up, they put a graveyard in front of it. So you can actually see. If you go and you, you can check out the Eastern Gate, and you can still go over there and you can visit it today, the Eastern Gate. And their hope is that in closing the Eastern Gate, that they'll be able to stop the Messiah from coming. And it's interesting, because actually, if you go up on the Mount of Olives, and if you look down into the city from the Mount of Olives, and if you look through the Eastern Gate, Back in ancient times, you could look from the Mount of Olives through the Eastern Gate right into the temple. And if you go and you, it was a golden dome that, that the Arabs have built over there. You go, and if you go over there and you look from the Mount of Olives and you look down through the Eastern Gate, you see that they missed the spot of the temple by about 20 feet. The King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. There is going to be no brick that is going to stop him. There's not going to be any cemetery of dead people that are going to stop him. There's going to be no, uh, you know, people that are going to plot against him. Like he's coming back and he's, he's coming through the eastern gate. That's exciting, isn't it? So gates represent power and control. They represent justice and they represent hope. They represent protection. And so here, here these guys are coming through the beautiful gate, this beautiful uh, brass and bronze gate that stood 70 feet tall coming through the gate. Imagine with me this beautiful gate. And sitting at the gate, there was a man that was lame. A beautiful gate and then a lame man. A beautiful gate and then a paralytic. A beautiful gate in the temple and some guy begging for money outside of the gate. Do you, do you sense a contrast here? 
this beautiful gate, people walking through every single day, going in to, 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 to offer their sacrifices. Three times a day, they went at the third hour, the sixth hour, the ninth hour, just going into the temple, and they were offering their sacrifices and bringing their spotless lambs and, and, and doing their thing. And there was a man, according to Scripture, that had been brought there. Uh, he was lame from birth, had been brought there every single day. In Acts chapter 4, it says that this man was over 40 years old. So for 40-some years, he'd been brought to the gate over and over and over again. This man who was hopeless, this man that according to society was probably a sinner, was a worthless man, he was an outcast man, but he was sitting at the gate. So I don't know if you see the contrast here, but here's a lame man who'd been lame from birth, who'd been brought to the gate, who was begging for money, and then you have the beautiful gate, the contrast is radical to me. It's, 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 it's intense to me to look at the, the contrast between the man and the gate. He's at this beautiful gate that leads into the temple, and he's hopeless. It's kind of crazy because he was at the temple. He was at church. He'd been carried to church for years. He was sitting and begging at the gate. He was sitting right outside the temple, right outside church. He was hurting and helpless and hopeless. He was begging at the gate. Have you ever thought about the people at our gate? Have you ever thought about the people at our gate? We come to church, and it's like we have this beautiful building. We have a lot of plans for it, too. Just talk to the board. We have tons of plans, don't we? Tanya, we have tons of plans. Yeah, we have tons of plans. There are so many people that, that cross our on telegraph every day. They say 40,000 people drive by our church every day. We live in a, in a town of about 60,000 people, and it's filled with people that are lost and hopeless and helpless. And Have you thought about the people that are at our gate? Have you thought about the people that are at the gates of your own life? You know, sometimes I think that we think that God only cares about people that are like us, or we think that God only cares about people that have everything put together. We think about God, that, that God only cares about people that have a nice straight tie on and a nice press suit. God only cares about those that um, have money in their This is what Jesus said in Luke chapter 4. He said, the spirit, of upon, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are, who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Have you thought about the people at, a, at your gate? For me, a lot of times, if I'm honest, I don't. I get into my routine. I get into the things that I must do. I get into the things that I must... I'm, I'm a time clock kind of guy. I go to work and I clock in. I, go to, I leave work and I clock out. I come to church and I clock in. I leave church and I clock out. I come... 
At the third hour, I come at the sixth hour, and I come at the ninth hour, my friends. And when I come in, I make sure that I look perfect, perfectly presentable to the people in the temple. That's what I do. I make sure that when I come to church, I dress properly, except today, I'm sorry. I make sure that I dress properly. I make sure that I speak properly. I make sure that I talk to Sister Mary Beth over there in the corner because she's a very blessed woman. Have I thought about the people at our gates? Sometimes I think we miss out on the people that are sitting at our gates. Sometimes we can pass the same people over and over and over and over again. Sometimes we can pass them and we go, oh, yeah. So, and sometimes, sometimes if we see them enough, they just become a blind spot. Have you ever met, like, like you, you know, like you work with people that, are, that, 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 that do not know the Lord Jesus Christ? Do you know what I'm talking about? You, you work with people that, that don't, uh, you, you, you know that they're not living the right lifestyle. You know that they're, they're hurting. You know that they're hopeless. You know, that you, you, you know, you know but, but you've worked with them for so long. You're just like, okay, so we just all know where Billy's going, right? Like Billy, he's just a, yeah, we all know where Matt's going, right? Matt, he's just a, he's a dirty sinner, so let's just blow him off, okay? We all know where Nick's going. She's just a terrible person. We all know about Sharon and her issues, okay? Like we just get blind spots to the things like we just get in our routines. I'm speaking for myself, and hopefully I didn't offend anyone. Sorry, guys. But we, we just get in our routines, and we just, we, we just, we, we just, we, we, we just, and I think we become blind to the people that are sitting at our gates, and we have to remember that Jesus came for the brokenhearted. He came for those who are hurting. He came for those who are lost. He came for those who, 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 who are destined. He, he came for the people that are sitting at our gates. You know what I'm talking about this morning? He came for the people that are sitting at our gates. And I like Peter's response to it. If you look at it again. And fixing his eyes on him. You know, sometimes you have to fix your eyes on people. Like sometimes it's easy to... Sometimes you know, you all know about the suffering. Sometimes it's easy to just to look away. Sometimes ignorance is bliss, am I right? Sometimes it's so much easier to just throw your clothes on the floor, shut the bedroom door, forget about it, right, boo? Praise the Lord. Sometimes it's easier <laughs> to just throw the towel over the dirty dishes Forget about it. Is anyone with me? Anyone ever do that before? Just throw the tie. It'll, maybe it'll muffle the smell a little bit for next week, right? Okay, I don't know. Sometimes it's easier to just, you know, you just take the stuff, you throw it under the bed, you know the company's coming, you quickly clean, you forget. Sometimes it's, e- sometimes it's easier to just throw the stuff on top. Sometimes it's easier just to not look at it. But I appreciate that Peter fixed his eyes on him. He looked at the man that was hurting. He looked at the man that was hurting. He looked at his condition. He, he, he looked at him, and, he, and then he said, look at us. This guy looks at him thinking that he has something to give. And the man, I, I can imagine maybe for a split second this man was upset because here he's sitting at the temple, and he'd been He'd been begging at the temple for all this time. He'd been asking for alms for all this time. And it must have been a good spot because he'd been coming there for such a long time. And he knew the routine. So I imagine this man is thinking, oh, this guy's going to give me some money. 
money, honey. He's going to give me some money. He's going to give me some silver. He's going to give me some gold. He's going to give, give me some Bitcoin. He's going to give me some, I don't know, he's going to give me some uh, Iraqi dinar. I don't know. I'm just thinking of some random. He's going to give me some cool stuff. I can buy some things. I can take care. I don't know what he was thinking, but I'm thinking for a split moment, he's thinking he's been through the routine. So he's looking at this guy. This guy's looking at him. He's thinking that this guy's going to give him money. And then Peter just kind of deflates him for a minute, and he says, silver and gold I do not have. This man was looking for gold, but, but, but i got to tell you, there are some things that money cannot buy. You know, I think, I think we, we think that money will fulfill your deepest desires. I think we, sometimes we think that money will handle all of our problems, We think that it'll take care of everything. But he says, silver and gold I don't have, but I give you, but what I have I give you. Give is a grace word. Give cannot be earned. Give is not something that comes with multiple attachments. have, I give you. I think we think that in order for us to be effective, maybe we have to have a lot of money or a lot of notoriety, a lot of fame. We think that we have to have everything lined up. Maybe we have to have a a special degree in, in biblical ministry or in evangelism to be in order to do something. We think that we must be ordained or we must be, uh, I don't know, uh, 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 knighted by the Pope. I don't know. We think that we have to have all these things. The truth is, I, I, I think what was happening here was Peter was asking the crippled man to look at him. He was, but he wasn't asking him to look at him. He was asking him to look at Jesus. Because only he can satisfy. Only he can meet the longings in your soul. Only he can make you feel whole again. You can try to fill it with money. You can try to fill it with relationships. You can try to fill it with busyness. You can try to fill it with going to church three times a day and sacrificing a lamb on the ninth hour. You can try to fill it with buying as much Bitcoin as you can possibly buy to protect yourself from when the economy collapses. You can try to fill your root cellar with grain and whatever, but only Jesus can satisfy and he's looking at this man, and he's talking to this man, and he's saying, look at me. But really he's saying, I need you to look at Jesus. Because it's not what I'm doing. He says it in the same, like, in the next sentence. He says, it's not what, what I'm doing, it's, but it's because of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. You know what I'm talking about this morning, church? There are people, the worship team can come back up. We can play champion one more time. There are people that are sitting at our gates. There are people that are sitting at your gate. Um, Your gate might be beautiful. It might be 70 feet high. It might be covered with brass and bronze. But you know what? 
What's more important is what's inside. The focus is on Jesus and to give him the glory and to give him the praise. I mean, that's, that's why we do what we do um, with our lot party and our pop party and on Sunday. Like, like, it isn't about us. It's not about Taylor Christian Church. It's not about the building. It's not about the doors. It's not about the carpeting in the kids' area, although that's very nice. It's not about these fancy pews. It's not about the media. It's not about the sound. It's not about any individual accolade. But the purpose of what we do is to point people to Jesus, to bring glory to him, and to bring glory to his name. Because he is our champion. He's undefeated. Walls fall down. His presence. Strongholds are removed. Lives are changed. People are transformed. Because he's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And it all happened at that gate. That beautiful gate. Why don't you guys stand with me this morning? Maybe you're here this morning. You've been focusing on, um, I don't know, maybe you've just been focusing on yourself. Maybe you've been focusing on the wrong things. Maybe you're here this morning and you've just been polishing and shining your gate. ask that you look at the gate of your life to see who's sitting at your gates.